Blog Talk Radio. Hello, good evening. Good evening, folks. Welcome to Black Women Widows Empowered Blog Talk Radio. This is our seventh show, so thanks for dialing in and thanks for listening in. Um, I do appreciate you this evening um, on the East Coast. We're about we're at 11 o'clock p.m. and on the West Coast, 8 o'clock p.m. So you guys are just kind of getting your groove on at night. It's Friday night. So do we have Michelle on the on the call? Here I am. Hey Michelle, how are you? Hey, girl, it's good to hear your voice. I have been stalking your Instagram for like a year now. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Same here, same here. So let me go ahead and just start um, Start off by saying thank you. Um, to those that uh, have called in or listening online, my name is Sabra Robinson. I am the founder of Black Women Widows Empowered. Um, we interview everyone. Uh, on this radio show, no matter what color you are, but our organization is uh, geared to women of color. And um, we can talk, if you, if you want to find out more about our organization, feel free to go to my website. It explains everything, your questions you may have. So just wanted to get that out the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bring to the listening audience a woman who is my woman crush every day of the week instead of Wednesday. Aww, she, <laughs> uh, she is a co-blogger with me over at uh, Hopeful Widows Foundation, hopefulwidows.org. So I wanted mm-hmm. to invite her to chat with us a little bit about her new book uh, about dating from a widow's perspective. Her name is Michelle Miller. And she will Thank be answering you. questions. Yeah, she will be answering questions on her book, Boys, Booze, and Bathroom Floors. 46 Tales About the Collision of Suicide, Grief, and Dating. So, Michelle, oh, my goodness, we finally made it to this point. Um, As I communicated earlier on social media, your book is is basically a comical yet informal approach to dating after the death of your husband, uh, who unfortunately took his life by suicide three years ago. And just want to let you Mm -hmm. know my heart always just goes out to you and the kids as a fellow widow. Um, Thank my you. My husband Likewise. died of cancer. Sure, my husband mm-hmm. died of cancer. Five years ago, your husband, his death was taking was taken purposely. So I can't say that I can relate to the struggles, but I can relate to some of the other struggles of widowhood. Um, no, absolutely. I'm sure you so I just can. Wanted, yeah, definitely. I just wanted to get that out the way, and I'm hoping that the uh, the kids, and Miss mm-hmm. Lynette, I hope they're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Lynette, yes, they're all they're all doing very well. Thank you for asking. Sure, awesome. Now let's get to your book. Oh my goodness, girl! Ooh, where do you want to start? Me. Yeah, you know, so many people have so many questions. You know, um, your book, I feel. Uh, this book will bring to life how grief and loss can, can allow you to face your deepest emotions with dating. And I'm sure dating is a struggle mm-hmm. for many, especially those, you know, who are widows, who have lost a loved one. And so Absolutely. there were several emotional stages you went through. Um, and I mm-hmm. love how the book is structured. 
you know, it's a smart move on Thank how you. you structured your date, you know, your um, your dates according to the five stages of grief. Girl, that was good. I love that. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I, that was you know like, what? That, <laughs> that really helped me um, understand myself. I'm actually teaching a workshop on it this summer at Camp Widow. Um, but that helped me understand my behavior. As you know, when you become widowed, there's just, you do so many crazy things that feel like they're out of character. And I yeah. was able to look at my behaviors and go, wait, this doesn't feel normal. So what is this? Is this anger? Is this denial? Is this bargaining? Is this depression? Is this acceptance? What is this? And that's why I structured the book like that because I wanted other widows that were reading or just people that are grieving in general to do the same thing in their life, to look at their behaviors and forgive themselves for not being the same person they were and go, you know what? What I did here was just part of grief. It's, it, there's nothing wrong with it. And so that's why yeah. I structured it that way. That's awesome. Well, it was excellent. Thanks. I loved how you did that. That was very creative of you. Um, you know, you've gone on 46 dates. Oh, my gosh. And that was in the span of Oh, I've of gone what, on more than years? that. <laughs> that oh, was well, in the span of two years. Four. I probably, yeah, I've probably been on more than more than 300 dates or so in those those first <gasps> few years after John died. I mean, I was obsessive. I'd go on like four a day. The ones that are in the book are the ones that stuck yeah. out to me the most and that uh, really ah. correlated to my grief. And that I had, I mean, if I wrote about everyone, this book would be thicker than the Bible. Oh, my God. So I had to narrow oh it down God. to just the most significant dates. Wow. I'm exhausted was, thinking about it. You when have you a good memory. Like <laughs> I, well, I didn't remember you? these. I would, I would come home from these bad dates and I would write them in my journal. I've been journaling since I was eight. So I'd write them oh. or I'd post about them on Facebook. And so when I went back to compile the book, it's just, it, essentially, it's just a, a long version of my journal and my Facebook postings. Wow. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And I love your postings. I do. I mean, it's like I wish I had enough time in the day just to read everything. <laughs> but I'll sneak up on <laughs> it, you know, yeah, now and then. I'm like, gosh, this girl, she is, she has got it going on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, you know, when I read the book, it had me feeling like I just really won the lotto. And I say that because the book is like unlike I've ever read and I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, it's something that I've, I have not seen in the world of publishing as it relates to widowhood. It's hardcore. Mm-hmm. It's raw. It's in your face. And mm-hmm. you've allowed the world to come into your personal life. And that's a big deal. That's, that's, um, that's huge, you know, to write from that standpoint. And so yeah. in reading the book, I've, just reading the book, I was writing down so many questions. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, we may not even get to all of them, but that's how good it was. And well, I thank was, you. Thank you. Already? I was like, yeah. I was like, you can't read it right now. <laughs> I get that a lot. People but, read it in just a few days. I think that has to do with the structure because I tried to make it in short, very short stories because, you know, we good. can't sit yeah. down and read a book. We can't read a long yes. book. Nobody, our exactly. widow brain will not allow for that. So I wrote it very much yep. with that in mind that like widows can't, we can't read more than two pages at a time without falling asleep or getting yes. distracted because we have so much anxiety. I so I wanted it to be structured for widows to be able to get through it and, and to hear what I was saying without widow brain um, affecting them. Girl, cause I had widow brain and I was like, Oh, the task is done already. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do right. something. Oh, it's finished. You know, I was like, I loved it. And that's why I was so interested. And I was like, oh, my God, it had me cracking up. Anyway, let's get to it. Um, yeah, get to some questions. So, 
what questions do you want me to get to first, the questions from Facebook or my questions? Uh, whichever one you want, or you okay. can mix it up if you want. Do you want to hear? You had some excellent questions. So did some of my Facebook followers. I think Kelly Lynn asked me to date her. Let's just get that out of the yes, way right now and did. say yes. <laughs> I am giving it men, and I am marrying Kelly Lynn, <laughs> and we're going to oh live happily God. ever after. So that, that question, let's get that out of the way. <laughs> that was that was funny. She said she is tired of men breaking her heart. Will you date her? The poor thing. I said, you know what? Yes, I'm going to have this question her. for her to ask. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would okay. rather date so let me, yeah. <laughs> let me go to another one. Um, what is All from right. Lloyd? What is your favorite music to relax to? Oh, yes, I saw that. You know, I don't really relax to music. Music energizes me. I'm not one of these people that uh, sits down and just wants to listen to something. I'm a huge musical theater buff, which people don't automatically assume, but I'm a huge nerd, um, and I love musical theater. I turn it on full blast. I love Les Mis, Fiddler on the Roof, you know, uh, just anything with music. Annie, I was listening to the other day. And, um, you know, because they tell stories and I'm a storyteller and yeah. I love, I love well-crafted lyrics. So I, I definitely listen to that. I'm a huge rock fan. I love the Foo Fighters. I've recently gotten into Blue October. Then that just gives me energy to get through my day. They validate me. And um, obviously Beyonce, you know, you can't really make it through a day in the world, in life without her. Yes, um, you're so a Beyonce, huge Beyonce fan. I read that. Huge Beyonce. I'm like, I, you know, she yes. had her, she's had her twins recently, and I'm really antsy to, um, you know, waiting for her to call me and, and uh, send me, text me some pictures of my new little nephews. Um, and then I'm really into Eminem, which people also find um, surprising. But my kids recently got into him, and I thought, you know what? I was around when Eminem oh, wow. started, and I really, I love how he um, – he is bold and ballsy and speaks the truth, and I, I like that. So that is the kind of yeah. music I listen to, yeah. not to relax to, but just to get me get me up, get me going, get me through the day. Thanks, oh, Lloyd. Wow. I like that question. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's see, another question from Facebook. How do you deal with your in-laws? Do you have a good relationship with them? That's from Gabe. Yeah, okay, in-laws. I am incredibly fortunate because I have heard some horror stories about in-laws. I am very close mm-hmm. with my sister-in-laws, first of all. Um, John's sister that he was raised with and I are very close. And his half-sisters who we, who we never met, I am also very close. I text them every day, all day. His parents he um, have wow. been, yeah, he never met them. And then after his death, um, I went out to go meet them and they've been wonderful to me. Oh, um, it's it's a beautiful story. I would love to write a love book about my love story with my sister-in-law. <laughs> um, yeah, his parents yeah. have, have been wonderful to me. Um, I, I, that's usually not the case I'm learning in suicide. A lot of the times the in-laws blame the wife or vice versa. My in-laws are, are great. They are great with my children. Uh, my daughter, who is not biologically, my, my husband was technically her stepdad, so they could have, you know, just checked out and said, hey, that's not really my granddaughter. They never did that. Mm. They um you know, they still see, come get the kids once a month, take them on camping trips. They've always been very kind to me. We have never openly discussed um, everything that happened with his suicide. I don't know if they're just not ready yet or maybe they don't feel the need to, but I have a great relationship with them, which I am I'm noticing when I hear other people's stories that that is very rare because uh, that's not the case for a lot of people that I see and hear about and read about. Mm-hmm. Good. That's, that's, now that's, you know, like you said, that's another book. To me, that's another book. 
Um, yeah, it people is. People would love to hear about the in-laws. You know, I've read some stories too. I've, I've read more bad than good. So um, that would be yeah. a nice. That would be an interesting read. Very it much is, so. and I, I, you know, my my in-laws are all very private, and so I never want to put them. I didn't really mention them in the book. There's a brief mention of you know just thinking about, um, wondering if my husband had thought about his family, you know, as he was dying. But I, I I don't like to talk much about them. They're private people, but all I have to say about them is they are great and loving, and have been wonderful to my kids and I. And they were great parents too. You know, my husband had really, really great parents and a, a great family. Oh. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to, well, getting to the book, um, you had 46 dates, 46 interesting stories. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> very interesting. But it was nevertheless a really good read. Um, so which which chapter was hard to write for you? Which date? Um, the, um, well, no, which the, chapter? <laughs> Yeah, okay, so there's a two stick out in my mind. It's chapter 11, which everyone it always says it makes them cry. That's, it was my first wedding anniversary after he died, and I ended up yeah. going out to the spot yeah. where he shot himself and yeah. laying there and really just thinking about what his last moments on earth were. And in reaction to that, um, I went out and slept with um, one of my friend's ex-boyfriends. Yeah. And yeah. that was a hard chapter to really admit to myself that I had done something like that, that I had broken girl code with a very dear friend of mine, um, that I had slept with someone that she had a loving relationship with. You know, you just don't do that. Um, and also it was hard to yeah. write about what that was like to empathize with him. The other chapter in my book um, is towards the end I write about. I, I've had, just, oh, and many widows do struggle with night, nightmares and night terrors um, mm-hmm. from their husband's death. And so I had to describe a, a re- recurring nightmare that I had had. And that still to this day, when I think about that dream or writing about that chapter, it's really hard. And I remember sitting down to write it and I got inspired to write it, you know, like 10 minutes before I had to pick the kids up from school. And so I sat down mm. and I started like writing it out. And then my alarm went off to pick them up and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Cause I just couldn't sit there and write anymore. And then I came back. And it took me about a week to write it. And every time I would write it, I would do like one sentence. And then I would go do something else, switch a load of laundry, go make dinner, then do one more sentence because it was, it was so difficult to, to relive that, those nightmares. Oh, wow. Wow. That's mm-hmm. really, and, and it was a sad, it was a sad chapter. Um, I was, I was very, um, I guess, cautious and, kind of selecting the chapters I wanted to talk about or the dates I wanted to talk about. That was something I was like, well, if she brings it up, she can. <laughs> because it was, uh, you know, it's, um, it was one of those where, um, you know, you had to go back to um, what happened physically. So that had to be mm-hmm. a tough, tough chapter to yeah, write. Yeah, it was tough, but, but necessary. Since I wrote that chapter, yeah. I, had not, I, had not, I have not had that dream again. And it was a reoccurring oh, nightmare. So as wow. soon as I did finish it, I have not. I've had little pieces of it, but I have not had that full nightmare ever again since I wrote it. So I'm glad I did it. It was hard, but yeah, uh, nothing about grief feeling. is easy. So yeah, it was. Yeah. That's this is my therapy. Oh wow, that's awesome to hear. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite uh, chapter or my favorite date was uh, date twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> twenty one. Um, Let me get to that one. Which one was, was the oh the guy. bar fight? 
he yes, he was. Your date was late, and then there was another guy who was already married, and you know he gave you his yeah, card. He knew how. <laughs> yes, oh my it's god! Always, but it's always a good date when two men. Was. Yes, it's always <laughs> a good date when two men are fighting over you. You know, like it's not a bad time <laughs> to have two rich men oh fighting god. over you. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was a that fun was like, night. Yes, good for him. You know, put the other put the yeah. date in his place and. You know, yeah, he was and like, men well, are my frequently late. Yes, and I, I don't like that. Men are frequently late, and it was just kind of nice yeah. that that guy called him out and kind of emasculated exactly. him for me. I didn't even have to do that. We didn't, have, didn't to even do have to thing. do that. We didn't have to do it. Yeah, that I still was um, awesome. was like, good. I mentioned in that chapter, like, how he had written his phone number down for me. I still saved yes. that man's number. I never called it because I know he was <gasps> married. I never called it, but I thought... I like to. I want to keep that number just as a reminder of that night. And um, yeah, I like that was a that was an interesting date. <laughs> oh wow! Have you heard from any of these dates? Um, I heard any of these forty six. Yes. Have you? Yeah, heard yes, back from I have. Any of them? I um. When I started doing promotion for the book on Facebook, you know, I started talking about it coming up. I had a lot of <laughs> text messages Uh-oh. from people going. Am I in the book? Uh, oh my! And then, you like serious? you could tell, they were probably like, "Yeah, they're like, oh shit," you know. Yes. They, they were jerks, you know. And so they were yeah. worried. And I would just say, you know, legally, I cannot confirm nor deny that. There's- so then the book <laughs> came out, and it was the best revenge ever, I have to say, because you know, you, I mean, you read what some of these men did to me. It was such a powerless situation, and so to take my power yeah. back and have these men, uh, probably about half the men in the book, I still they're either like. Uh, Facebook friends or Snapchat friends or, you know, I still text yes, probably about I half the other that. half. Who knows what happened to them? Yeah, so a lot of them have actually read it um, and and called me and talked to me about it and asked me questions and we kind of reconciled some things in our relationship. Um, none of them have really apologized per se, but um, I think they felt ashamed of themselves as they should. As they should. Oh, wow. Yeah, and 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 good. You know, it's maybe it's a learning, it's a lessons learned for them on how to treat women. You know, maybe um, they should learn to just never date a writer. <laughs> there, exactly. There you go. There you go. See, that's, that's don't date do a writer it because yeah, you be never nice know. And that is so true. That is so true, Michelle. Oh my goodness, because you never yeah. know what we're going to write about. You know, exactly. that is so true. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Okay, my next question. Let, let's get a question from, let's see, it was Facebook submitted. Um, mm-hmm. What advice, well, this is from me, what advice would you give widows whose husbands committed suicide? I, uh, let me see. I mean, suicide is a unique type of death. It's not better. It's, I would give them the same advice I would give any widow, which is just die right along with your spouse. Let yourself mm. die. Just just go to the farthest. Don't fight the grief. You know, don't don't yeah, fight it. Exactly. Be angry. Yeah. Be you know, feel yeah. the guilt. Feel the anger. Feel the rage. Feel the depression. Just feel it. And you can't really work through anything until you've felt it. And surround yourself with people that validate that. Whether it's a book or a movie or a song or people, you need that validation. You need to go to the deepest parts of your grief. And while you're there, you need to have people say to you, yes, what you're feeling is valid. This anger, everything yeah. that you're feeling is valid. And then that's when 
you can start to work through that grief. But yeah, you just, you have to let it go. You have to let go and all of your ideas that you had about grief and death and widowhood and just die right along with your husband or your wife and then figure out, figure out who you are and be reborn. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, Excellent. That is excellent. Um, So as far as a writer, um, would you ever consider ghostwriting for someone? You know, say, hey, Michelle, can you write this for me? I mean, because your book is so well written. Oh, my gosh. I, well, thank you. I, no, I've, I've considered it. I've had people ask me. I'm, I, I am very selfish. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I just like to talk about myself all the time. Um, no, I don't. It, it would be hard for me. I mean, someone can tell me their story. But I have a hard time with ghostwriting as a profession anyways because someone can tell me a story telling someone there are writers and then there's people that know how to write, okay? Like mm-hmm. you can go to school and you can learn how to write like grammar and spelling and all that. That doesn't mean you're a writer. Writing is a gift. It's like singing. You can learn to sing on cue, but you're not Whitney Houston. She was born that way. I was born a writer. You know, I'm not good at grammar. I'm not good at spelling. Um, and it's just hard to describe. So it, it, what I write has to come from inside of me. And if it's someone else's story, that's why I don't, I'm not good at writing fiction. I'm not good at uh, writing other people's story. There's the gift that I have for whatever reason is pretty specific to just what's going on in my head. I don't think I could, I don't think I would do a person justice is what I'm saying. If I, if I did ghost writing, I don't think I would do them justice because I am too self-absorbed in my own feelings and I would project my own feelings into their story and try to turn right, it into mine. Right. So yeah, I don't think yeah. it's something I would be very good at. It's not It's not part of my gift. Yeah, and at least you're honest about it. Yeah. Honestly, but, well, thank you for that. You know, I'm That's not honest. <laughs> <laughs> now, from Matt's uh, Facebook question, do you think mm-hmm. if and when you find your Chapter 2, you will be able to, you will be able to not compare him to your Chapter 1, giving Chapter 2 as a uh, has a real chance or is he doomed from hmm. the start? So would chapter two have a real chance or is he doomed? Right. Okay. So um, I, first of all, I never want to be married or have a chapter two. I don't ever, oh. I never want to be in a committed long-term relationship ever. Uh, I date really? here and there. I've okay. had relationships that the last two or three months, you know, they're okay. But I think people don't really understand the relationship I have with Lynette. We get the lesbian question a lot. We are not gay, but we're basically married. <laughs> we are basically married. Yeah. We live together. Uh, we have five children that we raise together on the beach. We're on each other's life insurance policies. We, you know, have retired. Like we plan our retirement together. So I don't feel like a lot of widows maybe have that void or they want to live with someone again and all that. And it's like I don't have that. I feel like I'm already in a in a in a relationship uh, with yeah. her and. Um, yeah. maybe that would change one day when our kids all move out. Um, but yeah, I never, I, I don't have, I don't feel like that's going to happen in quote unquote chapter two. I have been in love with uh, men and, and dated men, but I've never, even as much in love as I've been with another man, I've never wanted to marry them, have babies with them, live with them. Um, yeah. now when I am with them, when I am, there is of course a comparison, to to John there always will be good and bad you know um those that have read my book the last three years of my marriage were horrible and and abusive and just awful so a lot of times I compare men and I go wow they're a lot better than he was 
And then there's sometimes where I think back to how it was in the early days of our marriage when it was good and, and what I thought was healthy. Um, and I think, nope, they won't measure up. No one will ever measure up to me. He's the father of my children, you know. He raised my daughter from the time she was a year old, and, you know, we conceived our, my son together. So that's the best way I can answer that is that I, I really don't okay. plan on a chapter two. And if it happens, great, but I, I don't think it you can avoid that. Okay. I think people will always people will always compare um, their their spouse to their new one, and I, I don't think that's yeah. necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And you never know, like mm-hmm. you said, you never know what happens. But in this moment, you're like, oh no, I already have my, you know, you have my right. that. Mm-hmm. And that's an excellent yeah, friend. That's her. an excellent friendship too. That's that's awesome. It is. I mean, we're you going know, on. Not everyone we're going has on seventeen. Like Exactly. We're going on 17 years together. That's longer than both of our marriages ever lasted. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, wow. yeah, we're, you know, we, you know, relationships aren't always, they don't have to be romantic to be intimate. We're certainly not gay, but we are as intimate as you can be emotionally. You know, we sit in bed every night, yeah. talk, we have a glass of wine and talk about the kids and talk about what our week's going to look like. That's what married couples do. <laughs> so I don't have that need, <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe one day, but for now my life is just as good how it is. It's good how it is. I hear you. Yes. Um, well, mm-hmm. Elizabeth asks, how do you handle Father's Day, uh, Daddy dances, and birthday and anniversary? Ugh, usually with a lot of vodka. Um, <laughs> well, I just did a blog about Father's Day. I think there's a lot of obligation. Um, there's a lot of pressure, whether it's coming externally or internally, to like do something specific on those days, to release balloons, to go to a gravesite, to do something like that, because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. I those days are hard for me. I'm not going to lie. My wedding anniversary is is specifically yeah. very hard. Um, his birthday is not as hard. I feel like his mm. birthday kind of belongs to his his parents, and but Father's Day, I really try to pay attention to what the kids want. So, what I do for those days is I don't make plans specifically I just kind of go with how I'm feeling more importantly how the kids are feeling so I always say to them what do you guys want to do um you know and I'll say you know we can there are traditional things we can do we can release balloons we can go to the grave site we can do this or we can sit around in our pajamas and eat pizza all day like there's no right or wrong and I don't ever want those my kids to feel pressured to do something that's insincere I really want them to have whatever feelings they have about these days and acknowledge them and express them. They had like a daddy dads for donuts day at my son's school recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last year they did it. And I said, what do you want to do? You know? And he's like, Oh, I'll be, I'll, I'll be fine. Well, he has a few other friends who they had also lost their dad and their moms called me and said, Hey, we're just going to go to IHOP that day. You know, do you want, do you want to go too? And I asked him, he's like, yeah, I'll do that. So we kind of just avoided that. This year, um, he wanted his uncle to come, um, so Uncle Albert came and did Dads and Donuts Day, and next year, who knows? So I don't try to put any rigid goals on that. It's whatever the kids want to do, and on my wedding anniversary, that's my day, and it's whatever I want to do. So yeah. just be sincere, and, and don't let don't be pressured by anything. That's my only advice about those days. And And... And that's true. And, and you said something that um, was kind of caught my attention. You said that his parents have his birthday. Um, yes. And and that's and that's so true. You know, um, mm-hmm. my my husband's parents. You know, they live in Alabama, and mm-hmm. uh, the gravesite is right around the corner. 
So mm-hmm. at one point when she when he first passed, she was there every single day. Now right. it's only during certain holidays or certain you know um, special days, and the birthday is one of them. You know, and yeah, um, on, yeah, and Father's Day, I had <laughs> you know I was I was kind of. Uh, I uh, felt kind of guilty because since he's buried there, you know, I was like, well, why don't I drive out there? But then I was like, you know what? Um, I'm good here, you know? Yeah, um, it's not what you sincerely to wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It was because I thought, you know, I see on Facebook, you know, like you said, re- uh, releasing balloons, doing this on special days. And right. I, ju- I just don't do that. Um, it's just right. Well, me. that's fine. Some um, people, yeah, some yeah. people really do like that. And they find healing yeah, from that. Yeah, yeah, but then there's people like us they where do. it's like, you know, I don't think Intro- your husband would want you doing Yes, I'm introverted too. I have a really hard time going anywhere, and let alone, you know, going to a gravesite if I don't want to. So, And I don't think our husbands exactly. are, you know, if they can see us from the afterlife, if that's the thing. I don't think they're, you know, I certainly don't after I'm gone. I don't want people going, oh, God, I got to, you know, drive over to the cemetery today. You know, just do whatever feels it's, natural. Yes. Balloons and cemetery visits feel natural. Do that. Yeah. But if they yeah. don't, then What's don't. natural <laughs> for me is not natural for, you know, it's not natural for other exactly. people. Exactly. So I mean, we put so much pressure on ourselves. We put pressure on ourselves and society puts pressure on us. And widowhood is, it, it's tough enough. We don't need any more pressure especially about holidays, because those are very hard days for, for most yeah. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Now, um, another question. And, and someone had also mentioned Mother's Day, so it's basically the same concept. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, Mother's, uh, that yeah, was Yeah, it's kind of the same whatever I want to do. Mother's Day, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, that's my day. I, I think about his mother that day. I always message her. And just say, you know, there's nothing to say to comfort a, a mother or a widow or a sibling. Like, you know that. So I know there's nothing. I don't send any long, drawn-out thing. I just been thinking about you, you know. Um, yeah. I, of course, you know, call my own mom and that kind of thing. But, um, again, it's kind of like, what do I feel like doing? You know, he always, my husband, when he was alive, he he did Mother's Day good for me. He'd, you know, do breakfast in bed and all that kind of stuff. And um, he's not here to do that anymore, but that doesn't mean it's not still a day that needs celebrating, especially since I have a mother who is here on earth and I live with Lynette, who's a great mother and she also co-parents and mothers with my children. So it's a day to be, to be celebrated next year. I might feel different. I don't know, but, um, every year since he's passed, same thing. I just do whatever I feel like I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. the final, well, this is almost the final question from Facebook. How from Michelle? Okay. <laughs> um, how is it dealing with uh, children that actually knew their fathers? So <sighs> how again, how I don't. Kids? Yeah, I don't do grief. Can I don't do the grief comparing thing um, because there are widows that had small children, bigger children. There were widows that had that were pregnant that never got to you know meet their kids. Never got to meet their dad. There were widows. I've met widows that you know did artificial insemination after the fact or that never had children. So I just think it's different. I don't know what it's like. There, I, I, I would assume there would be a lot of anger had my children never even known their dad. Like they didn't even get a chance. Um, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. So I feel like having children that have actually met their dad and had relationships. My son was seven and my daughter was 11 when he died. So they had a good, you know, long time with him and they have a lot of active memories. And I like that because they still talk about him and they remember things very consciously about him. And um, I like, 
I, I'm happy for them that they have that. On the same token, it's kind of like that makes me sadder for them because they do have all these great memories of him and now he's not here and they got yeah. gypped. So yeah. um, it's just, it's, it's different and I have to deal with their grief in addition to my own. Although children that have never met their fathers, they have a certain type of grief too. You know, the grief of never having of all these dreams that can never happen. Um, right. So it's right. just, I guess it's just different. Every situation has a different set of circumstances and, some days it's good, some days it's not so good. Yeah. That's a great answer, great answer. It's it's really it's really fun mm-hmm. talking to you. It really is, Michelle. You just um sound oh, like thanks. what I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I'm trying not to cuss as much as I do on Facebook. No, you know, I <laughs> that's why I rated I I rated this particular one mature just in case so <laughs> yes just in and, case i started um, mouthing off and saying fuck every other word oh see there i go yeah. I just said fuck. <laughs> that's how you got your mature rating <laughs> see, there you go there you go um now going back to the date date four mm-hmm. you know your date you, you went to uh you drove down the pacific coast highway and oh, yes. God, uh, you guys went on the you know you were uh laying down and you know, the ledge mm-hmm. was a Went up to Sunset Cliff. You. Yeah, Sunset Cliff. I don't mm-hmm. think it said that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you kind of walked over to the ledge. What were you thinking? Were you thinking, and it didn't say it, did it jumping come across your mind at any point? It did. I wasn't. It's not like I was actively suicidal, but I think what occurred to me in that moment as I was looking over the cliff of how, like, wow, I could end my life. Like, you know, it's not – Death isn't something yeah. you're thinking about yeah. constantly, but after your husband dies, it's like death is always there, and you just you're. It was kind of a, a moment of my own mortality, realizing okay. at any moment okay. I could be gone. I could jump. I could slip and fall. I could yeah. have an aneurysm. Like it that for yeah. for me that moment on that date was me just coming face to face with my own mortality and really thinking about what that is to not exist anymore, to have your physical body gone that and and then to come at the end of that chapter I have that realization that no I do want to live there's so many things to look forward to even in the midst of of my grief like I I still want to live and realizing that my husband did not in his sick brain he felt like he had nothing else to live for and I felt like I still had so many things to live for exactly exactly Mm -hmm. that was you Mm -hmm. know that was um Really interesting, an interesting read because, you know, at that moment you were thinking about death, you know, mm-hmm. and what if. And I was like, I wonder if she, if she was like, well, let me just do it, but then change my mind. So, um, yeah, it, it wasn't like more about me like wanting more... to jump off the cliff. Yeah. Yeah, but it was okay. more contemplating death and that I had a choice. If I wanted to, I could end my life right then and there if I really wanted to, but that I didn't, as a matter of fact, I didn't want to die. I did still want to live. That was the first kind of like fight in me after he died. That that was the first, like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking do this. I'm not, you know, this isn't going to swallow me. I'm going to keep living. Awesome. Awesome. That's Mm -hmm. good. Um, You know, I was reading, you know, in, in chapter in, well, not chapter, but date five, um, it talks mm-hmm. about, and it's at the end, and I'm wondering, you know, talk about a threesome, that's, that's the title of it, but, 
you oh, know, at some, the yeah. end of the paragraph, yeah, at the end of the paragraph, I'm wondering, is this where you defined, um, you know, it says, my husband controlled my life when he was alive, and I'll be damned if he's going to control my life when he's dead. I refuse to give him the satisfaction of turning me into a celibate spinster because being an underweight mm-hmm. reckless binge drinker is much better. Is this here yeah. where you decided you're just going to do whatever you're going to do because you're angry yeah. and, you know, mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because it seemed like you just defined your, you know, uh, your I future. did. I'm, Not, I, you know, in your future. <laughs> Yes, I and I up until this point, I go a little bit into uh, into my struggles with God in the book. But up until this point, I, I had considered mm-hmm. myself a Christian, and so I had a lot of guilt about premarital sex. And um, I, I chapter five is really, and I remember it specifically that night, just being like, you know what? Uh, it is too hard to say wow. no to sex and alcohol right now. God's just going to have to get over it. <laughs> um, sex and power are something that are very synonymous. And I did have that epiphany that my husband took power from me and I was going to take, and the, the thing that felt natural power wise was sex. Sex is very powerful for me. And, but there'd always been this conflict because of the religion thing. And that's the moment I let go and just said, you know what? I'm having premarital sex and I'm not going to feel bad about it anymore because this is what I need to do to get my sense of power back that he took from me. And it was, it was a very defining moment. All the, the, all the dates and the sex I had after that, I didn't have any guilt about God anymore. Mm, wow. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and that was one of my questions that I did have, you know, um, how, you know, has your view changed about God? You know, I was going to ask you that, right? <laughs> yes. And, no, no, and, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to talk about God in my book, although he's in there a little bit. They want to always talk about the sex. <laughs> um, but it's mm-hmm. a very important factor, not not something I can talk yeah. a lot about more about God more now than I could then because it was still such a blur to me. But um, it has changed in every way possible. Like I said, I grew up a devout Christian I was on my way to seminary before this all happened. I wanted, I read the the Bible yeah. three times. You know, I I'm very that. knowledgeable in theology. I, I the Quran, the Torah, the Book of Mormon. Like I, I love it. I love theology. I know all the history behind it. You know, I wanted to mm. learn to speak the languages so I could translate. I mean, so yes, I'm a little bit different now. <laughs> you haven't noticed. Um, what has changed, and what I say towards the end of the book is that I. I didn't stop believing in God per se, but I stopped believing in the traditional way that I had viewed him and that I always, my whole life, had put him in a box. And I had kind of viewed him where it's like, if I do A, B, and C, um, then I'm worthy of God's love. Or if I do this, if, I, if I'm a good wife, then God owes me. He owes me a good marriage. And that, that was the big, the big catastrophe when I found out my husband had been cheating on me all those years, it was like, what the fuck God, I did it right. I'm a good wife, you know, I am a good wife Mm. and this still happened. And so I just felt so, so the journey through my relationship with God is with God was just learning that that's not how it works. It's not black and white. And that if God is who I believe him to be this entity of love, that it, it doesn't matter the things that I'm doing that he sees my behaviors and loves me anyways and that I need to stop defining him as something that fits into 
a Bible or something that fits into a prayer, that God is not something I can, that can, I can fathom. It's not something anyone can fathom. And I learned that through a dating number or whatever that guy was at the end, number 42 or whoever that was, where we're having that talk yeah. about religion and God. And, and that's where I am yes. today. I still yes. go back and forth where I still, uh, I still agree with a lot of Christian notions. Um, I also agree, agree with some Jehovah's Witness notions and some Buddhist notions. And I think it's just going to be the rest of my life, as any relationship should be. My relationship with God throughout my life will always change and grow, and life experience will change my perception of who God, I don't want to say he, because I don't believe in any, like a gender, but who this entity of God is. And I think that will always be growing and changing and my views will always be challenged. So basically just kind of opened my mind. I think I was very close-minded before about what God is and now I'm not. Now I'm open to let him teach me who he is instead of me trying to define him through theology. Do, do you, what about your family? You said, you know, you were you, you read the Bible three times and uh, mm-hmm. you went to seminary. I, I went to seminary one year um, how does your family? I never feel actually about went your... to seminary. I wanted to. Um, they are they, they. My family's great. They love me no matter what. Um, yeah. There are some more extended family members who don't have anything to do with me anymore because I stopped going to church, and they would send me, you know, Bible verses mm. and tell me, you know, I need to be over my grief now. And um, oh, wow. they were very religious and very, very by the book. And uh, those are extended family members. My immediate family, you know, my parents okay. are great. Uh, they still attend church. Uh, they're still, they live in a small town, go to a Baptist church. And um, I don't, I'm sure that this whole experience has challenged their faith, but we've never really spoken about it. They've never judged me or told me I'm going to hell or anything like other people, other quote unquote Christians have. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, they, I, I'm sure, I'm sure this whole process has been, I will never be able to understand what they have gone through as far as watching me go through what I've been going through. But, um, yeah, they, they're great. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I love you, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love you, um, too. It's so nice to finally talk to you. I feel yeah, like we should be sitting down like, having a cocktail right now. It doesn't Hanging matter. out. It sounds like we're just, like, you know, sitting right next to each other just t- talking. It's, um, I really appreciate mm-hmm. you taking your time out and, and speaking with me. I really do. Um, well, no, I appreciate you having me. You've, you've always been a good supporter. Yes, and you've always been so oh, supportive God. of my craziness. I really appreciate that. <laughs> you know, Never I, judgment. You know, I, I just love your stuff. I love no, your Instagram. No judgment. No judgment mm-hmm. at all. You know. Um, Thank you. That's what we widows um, need. No judgment. You're, yeah, exactly. You're you're a beautiful person. You know, just read your your what you write. Um, you're 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 an inspiration too to many. Um, Thank you. Um, you're com- you're comical. You you make people laugh. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, she didn't just say that, but that is so funny. You know, <laughs> I'll say anything. God, um, I have no, I have no limits. I've just realized that. <laughs> and you know, I, I will, I will never judge. Um, you know, um, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. And um, but I'm here if you ever need to talk. I'll just throw that out well, there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Maybe sure. I'll just call you up just to chat, just to hang out. I need to I I need, I should come visit or something. I'm inviting care. myself. I'm going to come visit. <laughs> to Charlotte. Um, yes. That would, that would be, if you're ever in, in, in town, just, just uh, you know, let me know and we'll see what we can do. Let me get back Absolutely. to these questions because I know these, these, I know people are eager uh, to, to hear your responses. Um, okay. There was another question. 
question. Let's see here. Um, let's see. Uh, what do you think John would say to you about your book? If he were alive, what do um, you think? Um, if he was, I his, know he, like, he would. I mean, he's he's so many different people to me. Yeah, is he the sick, angry man he was towards the end of his life? He would have called me in horror and burned me at the stake. Um, he, I mean, it's so hard. If he's looking down at you. What do you think? You think he would? Yeah, if he is in thing? a, if there is an afterlife and he is in a heavenly state, or he's, you know, obviously, then he would just he would understand and he would have that full knowledge as heaven is described. Um, in biblical literature, then he would have that full knowledge and, and all he would be is an, a being of love. So he would be understanding and he would completely, completely get it and know why I had to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excellent answer. That's that's excellent response. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Yeah. Um, now for day 29, um, you said something that really stuck out on me because it, it was about, you know, widows do not belong at weddings. Widowhood mm-hmm. does not care that it's Valentine's Day. I was like, she is mm-hmm. so on point with this, you know, because I wrote mm-hmm. something about that. You know, I went on a, I went to my first wedding after being invited like five times. I just couldn't go. And then I read right. this and it's like, widows don't belong. I was like, I'm wondering, let's chat about this. Tell me, you know, um, I could just imagine you just sitting there like, oh, my gosh, why am I here? Why is this guy just, he just wants me here for pictures or whatever. How did that, right. you know, tell me about that experience. Weddings, they're rough. You know what, I feel bad for my, for family members of widows because it's like they want to invite us to things, but then, you know, they know it's hard for us probably, or they feel awkward because they, they want to invite us to things that involve couples and then they know, but it, it's the whole situation is awkward. But yes, this was not a family, a family wedding. This was when I went to as someone's date. And when mm-hmm. I got there, it was very apparent that he just kind of wanted me to be there as like his little trophy. You know, he was kind of just ignoring me, yeah. posing for me with pictures, but not. And, and I was pissed because it's like this was my first event after becoming a widow, and I just kind of thought maybe he'd be more sympathetic to that. And instead of mm. going, you know, off and crying, I I had sex with him in that bathroom stall. <laughs> I sure showed him. Yeah, you but, sure um, showed him in that thought. I, like, sure, yeah. <laughs> I sure showed him. I don't know what the hell I was that thinking. That was interesting. Um, but it, it, it's, it's what I needed to do because, again, it's like a, your power is being taken from you. If someone's taking your power, you got to take it right back, and that's, that's how power translates to me. But, yeah, widows do not belong at weddings. I have been to a few weddings since then um, and funerals, and I've done better at each one. Um, I don't Good. know that okay. they'll ever be okay. easy for me. I don't I, – I, and I'm to a point now where I can actually see, like, Facebook postings of, like, couples or engagements, and I don't automatically start flipping them off. Um, yeah. Now I see yep. that, and okay. for a brief minute, I'm like, oh, good for them. And then in the next thought, I'm like, damn it. But I, I mean, yeah. it's, I'm slowly getting to where I can be happy for people that are in love and happy for people that are getting married. So maybe one day, you know, 20 years from now, I might go to a wedding and actually smile and not be drunk having sex in a bathroom. So, it, but it oh is widows. Goodness. We don't belong there. But you know what, widows? We just don't really belong anywhere. We make everybody uncomfortable. Nobody wants us around, but they kind of do because they point. still love us. But then, yeah, yeah we make we make people. That's why it's they so just important to have a feel, community. Yeah, exactly. They feel, it yeah, is, they feel our sadness. Yeah. 
Yes. They exactly. tell us that. And if they don't know exactly. how to comfort us, there's nothing they can say. And, and um, yeah, we, we really don't belong anywhere. And that's why community, finding other widows, is so important because then we do belong. We get that sense of belonging again that was taken from us when our husbands died. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great. This is wonderful. I just have a few more. Um, we're, okay. we're about maybe um, 12 minutes until the end of the hour. But, yeah, um, let's see. Here's another one. Um, do you Google yourself, Michelle? I, I, I did not do that until you, until you sent me that question. <laughs> do I Google myself? Here's the thing about Googling myself. My name is not actually Michelle Miller, just so everybody knows that. That is a pseudonym. Oh, um, I can't have my my real name yeah. out there because um, I've got some creepy stalkers because oh. when you write a sex book, you get weirdos. So, my, yeah, that is not actually okay. my name. So I Googled today, I Googled my, my author name, my Michelle Miller, and I didn't really find much on myself. My book kind of popped up. There's yeah. another author named Michelle Miller. She popped up. And then I Googled exactly. my, my real name. And that just had it kind of, you know, came up like my husband's obituary and, and things like that okay. came up. Nothing exciting, you know, some like old like MySpace photos from a long time ago, but yeah, I was kind of hoping there'd be something like more that. juicy out there. Uh, I, I haven't committed enough crimes yet or something. Wow, that is so interesting. Yeah. You look like a Michelle, though, Michelle. <laughs> no, Michelle is now Michelle is correct, but the last name Miller is not my name. Oh, it just okay. Well with Michelle. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, let's see. Another question I have. Um, what has helped you the most in life? and in grief to move forward and heal that you would recommend for other widows? Well, um, I think I touched on that earlier. Um, just being validated has helped. So you really have to feel your, feel your feelings. When I'm angry, being angry, acting out on that anger. You know, when I'm sad, not holding it in, crying, saying I'm sad, writing about I'm sad. And then to ha- find people like Lynette, like my, my other best friend, Lisa, like my friend, Veronica, uh, my widow friend, Alyssa. I do have a huge support group around me. So to be in those moments and to call one of them or talk to one of them and be validated and have that. None of them ever say to me, you know, oh, you'll be fine. It's, they just listen and they say, absolutely, this is shitty. So to be validated, and, and when, when people can't validate me, music can validate me. Beyonce can always validate me. Mm. You know, movies, the first movie I ever saw with a, a widow, an accurately portrayed widow with Silver Linings Playbook with Jennifer Lawrence, and she was a crazy mm. whore widow. And she even says that in there, I'm Tommy's crazy whore widow, and her reaction to grief was having sex with everyone until she got kicked out of her job because she slept with everyone. And I, that validated me. That validated that that I grieve the same way as her. So my advice is to find people, find music, find movies, whatever that validates that your feelings are okay. And then once those feelings are okay, and people say that it's okay to feel that, or music says that, then you can start to go, okay, now I can move on to my next feeling. And that's how you work mm. through that. Not that there's ever there. I mean, I'm always going to be angry my entire life. I'm going to have angry phases. My entire life, I'm going to have denial phases. It's not going to go away. But once I to to move through them and on to the next part of my day, I have to be validated while I'm there. And sometimes I validate myself, quite frankly. I can do that now. I couldn't mm-hmm. do that in the beginning. Oh wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And so have you received any negative feedback as a result of no. writing this book? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Dumb question. <laughs> you know, you can't – everybody wants widows to shut the hell up and go away. And they want us to put on our little black veil and just to, you go away. They really do, and I, I won't yeah. go away. They look, and yeah. they definitely don't want their widows to be out drinking and dancing and shopping. And, yeah. They don't um, want you to be so, happy. Yes. They don't want us to be happy, but then they don't want us to be sad either because sadness makes them uncomfortable. Then we're happy. They think yep. that we're over our husbands. And, you know, there's no right way to do it. And I loved realizing, you know what, no matter what I do, someone is always going to hate me and think I'm doing this wrong, so I might as well do whatever the hell I want. Um, so, yes, I've had a lot of negative, more positive feedback than negative, by the way, but a lot, usually from very religious people. And I, I hate to keep, I'm not trying to knock religion. There are plenty of Christians, Catholics, Muslims, Buddhists that are very kind and wonderful to me. But there's, a, uh, you know, also the crazies who are not. I get a lot of emails and Facebook messages telling me I'm going to hell. You know, I'm ruining my kids' yeah. lives and I'm disrespectful yeah. to the memory of my husband. And, um, you know, how dare I do I this? I and... a few of those that you... you oh, yeah, I screenshot them. I put on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sure did. I remember now. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, wow. I, I get a lot of that because they... They just, they don't get it or they, and it's, it's one thing to not get it. I get not everybody understands my grief, but to right. take the time to write me these long ass letters telling me how I'm wrong. It's like, do you not have a life? Do you have nothing else going on today that you need to do that? And that's really their issue. That's their insecurity. If they need to do that, obviously there's something wrong with them, not me. So mm. I can brush it off. And, and I was expecting it. You know, you, if you write a sex book, a, a widow writing a sex book, of course you're going to get some negative feedback. Um, the only ones that maybe start to affect me are when they bring my children into it. But even then I've gotten a thicker skin about it. And I know that um, above all else, my children need a happy, healthy, truthful mother. And uh, it's not like any of these dates were happening in front of my kids, (laughs) you know. Uh, It's not like I was bringing men home and laying in bed next to my kids, you know. Um, Everything that was done in the books, all these dates that happened, my kids were, you know, spend the night at friends' houses, or Lynette was watching them, or there, you know. So I don't have any guilt about it, um, and I don't need to justify my actions to anyone, least of all people that yeah. are. Most people have not even read the book, FYI. The people that are criticizing the book usually have not read it. They've read the title. Oh, my goodness. And they, they, just they read, read the read title, the title Boys, Booze, and yeah. Blast Bathroom Floors, and then they see that it's a, from a widow, and then they're like, oh, it must just be a book about how she had sex with 46 men, you know. Wow, but there's a story to your book, you know. It's it's a yeah. storyline, really, and you Absolutely. know, it's more. It's not about sex. It's, it's, it's about not grief. fair. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, there is sex in it, but there's a storyline. Just like there's a storyline to um, The Walking Dead. You know, it took me the longest exactly. time to really want to watch it, but when I watched mm-hmm. that first episode. I was hooked, and I was one yeah. that did not want to see Gore, did not want to. But you know what? It was mm-hmm. like I'm saying to myself, well, you know what? That's just that's just acting, but there's a storyline, right. and that's what a the lot story, of people, that, And it is very much about grief. The Walking Dead is very much yes, about grief. Yes, it is. It's about grief. And that's it I is, I and it's a thing. So, Hello? Hello. Oh, you cut out for a minute. No, I, I agree. It's the same I'm thing like with shows like like with Breaking Bad. It's the same way that Breaking Bad is not a show about 
Breaking drugs. Bad, yeah. Breaking Bad is a show about a man coming to the end of his life and reconciling that. And I get that. So people that read my title in my book and they just assume it's about sex or they read through it and they just talk about the sex parts, they're just yeah. not deep thinkers. They don't, they don't get the deeper meaning. They are black and white thinking people. I'm not going to change their mind. They're not going to change mine. It's just my book is for a specific crowd, for people that have lived life and that, that are open-minded and that see things in gray, not black and white. So yeah, I, I, it really doesn't bother me, the criticisms. It just doesn't. Those, that's just their opinion. And I have so many. I get yeah. as many negative messages as I get. I get so many more from people just saying, thank you for your work. It's helped me. I realized I'm not alone. And that's that's why I wrote the book. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome, too. Um, finally, the last question. What is next for Michelle? What are you working on? What is it? Well, I have been. I've been teasing. I've been working on ghetto grief. Um, having a lot harder time getting through it than I thought. That my first book was, you know, the aftermath of his suicide. The um, this book I wanted to write was more of what led up to his suicide. So the two years before his death. So mm. I'm kind of stuck in the middle. Okay. And that's been it's been harder for me to write about his decline in mental health and his affairs leading up than it was for me to write about the aftermath. I wasn't expecting that. So I'm still working on that. Um, it may, I, I, my deadline, I wanted to have it out by December. It might take longer. Um, I've also got a being filmed for a documentary this weekend. Um, not just me. There's going to be other widows in it, too. Um, I've got a book signing on Sunday. I'm doing a workshop at Camp Widow in San Diego, if anyone is out on the West Coast. So, yeah, a lot, nice. of, fun, a lot of fun things like that. Uh, of course, I keep blogging for hopeforwidows.org. I blog for them yeah. every other week, and then I have my own my own blog, MalfiMichelleMusings.com. So, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you are busy. You are one busy. Oh, mother. God, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's a good and yet I still busy. have time to be on Facebook busy. all day. Yeah, it is I know. busy. <laughs> You know, it's like Facebook can be addicting, I tell you. You know, I have oh, to take a break geez, for one day, and I'm still sending emails telling people, can you post this for me? You know, I'm not supposed to be on it, but <laughs> I, I needed to get a message across, and I'm like, post this right here. God, I know I'm the same way. I can't I can't get off of it. It's ridiculous. Well, it's it's we have two minutes until the hour. So, Michelle, I just want to thank you so much Um you know, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Um, I couldn't wait. Um, it's like we planned it almost two months ago, and it's like mm-hmm. finally came. I know. And, um, it's been I a long wanna, two yeah. months. I've been looking forward to it. I know. It's like a celebrity. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I just, I just want to no, it's been great. say thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to remind the audience, you know, please remember grief never ends it. It changes. It's a passage. It's not a place to stay. So grief is not a sign of weakness nor a lack of faith. It's the price of love. And Absolutely. I want to thank everyone for joining. Yeah. Yes. So thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Right. You most have definitely. a good night. And thank I will. You. I will see you on social media. And thanks everybody who yes, submitted questions. Okay. We'll Absolutely. talk to you later. Thank you, Michelle. Okay. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye.